We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Opening day, mm. MLB opening day, mm. um, maybe the last day I will have optimism for the A's this year. You, you might hold on to it a little longer. <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, we got a special guest today. Super excited to have him joining us. Um, for my money, one of the two or three voices who I have to listen to when it comes to various sports, really sports in general, Damon Bruce. Damon, how you doing, man? I am great. Guys, it's so great to finally join you. I dress for the occasion. I wanted to match the <laughs> background. I feel like I nailed the color choice. And and thank you very much for having me. Uh, you two guys are two of my favorite. I've been following you for I don't even know how many years now on Twitter. So great to be with you. Happy New Year. Happy opening day. Giants fans, A's fans, hope springs eternal for uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a, a at best well, we can, third place team and the A's are definitely going to be like last place. Sorry about that, guys. Oh. Yeah, th- th- those are just, look, you can't hide from the truth. Um, and you have recently launched a new venture, Damon Bruce Plus. Uh, We're under ever Everyone subscribe. Damon's the best. Um, can you give everyone kind of a little quick pitch of what to expect there? Yeah, I don't even know what to expect there yet because I'm just figuring it all out. I mean, old man joins the internet. So look out, everybody. There will be mistakes made. There will be scrambled eggs made. I started that. Uh, There's an awful lot of sports talk coming there as well. I love the Bay Area. I ain't going anywhere. And I truly believe that it's an underserved community online. You know, as someone who's been a diehard radio guy his entire career out here for 18 years on the air, I am... It's like I saw the internet for the first time this week. <laughs> it really Yeah. Is. So everyone, just quick, quick shout out on that. At Damon Bruce Plus. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, if you have a problem finding it, just hit hit, hit us yeah. up. We'll, Thank we'll, you. Thank we'll you shoot you the link. All right. It's, you mentioned- it, wait, it's it's crazy though. By the way, real quick story. I've been listening to Damon since he was doing like overnight stuff. I, I don't even I was so long ago. I was a little kid, Damon. So I don't even know if you remember it at this fucking point. <laughs> but from that till from that till now is uh what is that like 20 years in your career? So anyway, I've been listening Are you to going you back to like years. old up all night with Todd Wrights before I'm talking about before you were on Cam BR, like before right. you were doing like, like a uh, Bay area sports stuff. That's when I started. That's when I was like, who the hell is this guy? I had like a radio oh, you, thing. You, you might have like an actual radio. 
You might um, have me beat my um, my initial Damon Bruce um, introduction was I want to say you were hosting seven to ten, and I happened to have a job that had me getting <laughs> off at like you know between seven to ten. So it was like my nightcap. Listen to that on my way uh, home. I uh, swear to God, if, if they could have just said Damon, would you like to? <laughs> the host of sports phone for the rest of your life. And that's yeah. I said, yes, I loved that show. I loved nighttime radio when I was doing it. That's the, the, the people who are listening at those hour are the most loyal, most diehard fans yeah. out there. And it's like, you guys have just tapped into that vein of warrior fandom that I got to talk about and, and you know how fun it is. So thanks guys. I, I really appreciate it. Andy, thanks for sticking with me for 25 years now, almost. And, <laughs> And and Sam, you you're you guys are the best. I mean, I have watched mm-hmm. this podcast so many times that it's <laughs> it's great to finally be on with you. I don't know what took us so long. It shouldn't have taken a layoff for this to happen. For goodness, you sake. know, you know, sometimes sometimes it's better late than never. Um, so let's get into it. You did mention you you've been in this market for twenty years, which I think gives Almost. you perspective. Eh, we'll wrap up. Um, gives you perspective that you know uh, supersedes Andy and I. What do you think is like the most interesting thing that you've noticed change over this time? I guess my question is 20 years ago, it was Niners, gigantic gap, and then you get to like Giants and the Warriors were kind of a joke. Let's be honest. Now we're, you know, the Warriors are kind of the dynasty and it just feels like the tone of this market has changed. I don't know. What have you observed? You got the Giants place? in there. You got to throw the Giants in there. <laughs> got a couple of titles. I'll be at fluky, but count them. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, there there is nothing and I don't think there ever will be a bigger monster than a hot 49ers team. Mm-hmm. Like you can take one season of hot 49er football and measure it against just about any other stack of seasons from another team. And it feels like it's bigger and badder than just about anything else. But I swear to God, and this is not because we're doing a like a light yeah. year Warriors podcast, the single biggest change, the biggest development is what happened to the Warriors. The Warriors were the Atlanta Hawks. Imagine if the Atlanta Hawks became the New York Yankees. That's what happened. I could not believe, could not have predicted. Uh, I was just talking with our mutual friend, Ethan Sherwood Strauss, about this on A House of Strauss. And if you had called into a show in 2005 and said, Damon, you know, one day the Golden State Warriors are going to be (laughs) more than the Los Angeles Lakers. I would have not just hung up on you. I would have then called 911 to report a possible overdose about to happen because you must have been <laughs> on the most righteous smack that anyone ever, like there's no way the Warriors could have become what the Warriors became. It's, it's one of the greatest reversals of fortune I've ever seen. Only the New England Patriots, because growing up on the East Coast, the New England Patriots meant nothing. They were so far behind the Giants, the Bills, and the Jets that they just meant nothing to Northeast football. And then they, you know, they roared into their dynasty. It's it's sort of like what the, the Warriors and Patriots are the only examples in my lifetime of a pendulum swinging that much that far. Is there a more intru- is there a more influential athlete in the Bay- in Barry history than Steph Curry then? Like oh, wow. I I just keep thinking about this like in context. It's you know, I grew up and it was Joe or Steve like that was the entire debate as I was a kid Joe Montana Steve Young and everything revolved around the Niners and then Barry Bonds comes along you know maybe the greatest baseball player of all time definitely you could not take your eyes off him when he was in his prime and then Steph Curry comes along and in some ways it feels like he's bigger than any athlete I've ever seen in the area I agree 
I mean, I absolutely agree. I don't think there's anyone who is on the line above him. Maybe mm-hmm. Steph has reached that line or there are others standing on his line, but there is no one above him. And then if you want to talk about a completely devoid of controversy, only smothered in success and excellence, there is no one, I think, on that line. You know, remember at the very end, not that you hold it against him, but Joe finished his career somewhere. If Steph right. Curry is a career Golden State Warrior, I don't know how you could measure any any Bay Area career greater than his. Yeah, you'd have to think he's not going anywhere. And and, and he changed the game more more than the I show, think. This show will take a different tone if he goes somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> so gonna, this is this is this right here is what the show is all about. Right here, it's 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 all it's all about. I, I don't know. It, it's. I think him, his face is more. I mean, his play is more. You you look at the Giants. You look at the titles. There is there's Buster Posey. Um, there's Madison Bumgarner, I guess, but it's not the same as Steph. The Niners. I always think because I didn't grow up watching. I was a little bit too young to like be in that Joe Montana age. He might be the closest thing. Barry was weird because he was. Um, I guess they never won. They never won, but yeah, he was also kind of an asshole. I guess his his brand has changed now. <laughs> Um, he's a nice guy now. Apparently, that's his thing. Like, it's amazing what happens Barry. when the spotlight moves off of you. How you have to change your demeanor. So, yeah, that's what I think would happen, Barry. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're looking at it this way, if you're going to be that big of an asshole, you better be hitting those big home runs at the same time. <laughs> and as soon as one ends, the other kind of needs to end too. Um, I, I think Steph is on that one line. I really do. His, his the way that he's conducted business, the business around him, the change of the franchise, mm-hmm. the success of the franchise, the championships. It's just no one can be measured against them in terms of personal team success, individual success. I think he he now reigns supreme. He really does. And like he didn't even have to retire a warrior for like if he retired somewhere else one day, I don't even know if that changes it to be totally yeah. honest with you. That's how omnipotent he really truly has become out here in comparison to other dynasties let's talk that for a second where does where does where in terms of um i guess impact how great they are you got the you got the bulls you got the lakers i don't know do you want to count the spurs like throw the spurs in there do you want to count the lebron teams throw that in there where where does this sit in in that range of teams that you've seen in your career it's not a it's not a dynasty if you're on multiple teams that's fucking on eight different teams yeah jesus i know he's trying to make that a thing but it's not a thing (laughs) katie would do the same thing at some point i'm sure the warriors are uh, again, they're 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 in al- almost a, a class photo by themselves because more than any of those dynasties, they changed the way their sport was played forever. I mean, the entire league now mirrors the way the Warriors used to play, and I'm sure we'll talk about this when we get into the Warriors and how they're playing. Not only do the Warriors have that declining performance that comes with age, which is natural and to be expected, and you can't even get angry at it, but the rest of the league is not only now more athletic, bigger, stronger, faster, younger, but they're playing a style of basketball which used to be unique to the Warriors and is now borderline universal to the NBA. Okay. So if you're if you're taking historical context and including an evolutionary step in a sport, uh, an argument I think could be made that the Warriors dynasty is one of the more 
sport changing dynasties we've ever seen. You know, the the powerful Yankees in the we hit more home runs than the rest of the league years, I guess you could say, was a historical step. So we're going back to the 1920s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you have to go back to, um, you know, I, the, I've always said so just speaking in basketball only, because you start cross-pollinating sports sure. and dynasties and all that stuff. Um, George Mikan, we're going back to the grainy black and white footage basketball. George Mikan brought the game to the rim. He was the first huge entity on a basketball court. Then you had a guy like Michael Jordan, Dr. J. They brought the game above the rim like nobody before. Like Magic and Bird can't even say that they did that. Steph Curry brought the game behind the line. And it's never going anywhere else. As long as that three is worth more than the two, that is going to be some, you know, it, it took the NBA all those years to figure out the math, but they've got it now. And that's why shooting matters again. And they have changed the sport in an evolutionary step. Light years podcast, kick off the new year with new gear built to last our friends at shady rays. Have you covered from the sun to the slopes? with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoors adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection, insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you don't love them, you can also exchange for a new pair, return them, or you can return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Light Years Podcast always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving our best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code LightYears for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Sword Vitality. Listen up, Dub Nation, especially all our guys out there. We have a special offer on the newest addition to your daily self-care routine. Do you shower? Brush your teeth? And I know you manscape to keep the ladies in your life happy. Listen, no shame. Self-care is cool and manly. And that's why you need to add Sword Vitality Excalibur to your daily routine. Sword Vitality Excalibur can encourage optimal sexual health by increasing blood flow to help you thrive when it matters. Trust me, you might think your girl's happy, but what if she could be happier? This 30-day regimen designed to benefit your reproductive function can help maintain a healthy libido and stamina. Now, who doesn't want to last longer? You'll be proud of this product. It looks good on your shelf. It sure as hell feels good. And it shows your partner you care. Add Sword Vitality to your pregame and you'll always be ready for game time. Visit swordvitality.com now. Use promo code LightYears at checkout for a nice discount. That's swordvitality.com. Use promo code LightYears. And that discount won't be the only nice thing that you'll be getting. Let's let's get into the actual 2022-23 Warriors. Oh uh, boy, we, yeah. There's a reason Drink. we we, we buried Drink. the lead. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh um, they got five games left. We're recording this before they play the Spurs on Friday. Um, weirdest season I can remember in Steve Kerr's entire era. That's the, the way I like to put it. They've either been contending or we knew off the bat that it was a off year, you know, the 2019, 20 year, we didn't even get to November. We knew it was over. Right. 
Uh, but this year, as mediocre as they've been, you still can't cut them out to make no, a title run. And I guess my question is, where are you with this team, just big picture-wise? So they are the most up-and-down team I think I've ever seen in my life. Their, their home and road splits, if you will, right. are best team in basketball among them, worst team in basketball among them. That is how hot and cold they run. They are either ready to play with anyone or could be beaten by the Orlando Magic, which they were, I believe, swept by the Orlando Twice. Magic. Exactly. Correct. So what the fuck is that, right? Like, what <laughs> are we talking about with this team? It's nuts. Um, one of the first Damon Bruce plus the plus Damon Bruce plus videos I shot contain the line of their veteran presence to rookie mistake ratio is one of the more hardest to understand things I've ever seen a team have. Um, the best shot they got is this is officially the most wide open. I think the NBA's playoffs have ever seen. I mean, I, I could make the argument yeah. that eight teams have a legitimate shot to be nba champions when's the last time you had a legitimate eight teams could be nba to be champions it's so rare that you get that normally it's you can whittle the entire final four down before the playoffs even start maybe one cinderella crashes the party but it's it's pretty predictable this is the most up and down year in a year where the nba is trying to figure out what it wants to be again i mean the league absolutely made the choice we're not going to play 50 games this year like the 50 there there is now a 50 game takeoff tarmac for the entire nba before anyone gives a shit starts playing defense or really like literally only a handful of players like two to three who make all nba will play 70 games it's the weirdest thing i see everyone like arguing who's going to be the first team guard and in my head i'm like well you know steph's going to end up playing 55 games so you can't put him on the first team that's too much time missed and then i look at everyone else i'm like well is luca playing 60 games really all that much more impressive you and know, he's like, not going to make the playoffs. Exactly. Right. Is is you know Damian Lillard playing fifty nine games? Like is is fifty six the line or something? And they're tanking. Yeah, and even like three years ago, I would think it's bizarre to put anyone who plays less than seventy games on an All NBA team. So it's like so so it's De'Aaron Fox, and that's yeah. about it. So that, just, and by the by the way, back to is that a good thing for for the no. NBA? I know I know this is not what we're talking. We want to go back to the Warriors, but if you have eight teams. Is that a good thing, or is it better to concentrate across like let's let's market Steph or or let's let's take Steph out? Let's just market Embiid and Jokic and Giannis, and those are the three true contenders, right? Like, would that be better for the? I'm just I'm just thinking about it. Would that be better for the NBA if you just have those three as your big superstars rivalries versus like you know the Clippers could win the title and it's like who the hell are the Clippers? Basically, parity versus dominance. Like this is probably right. the most parity I've seen in the NBA. It's, I mean. Jeez, the entire West is going to win 44 games. It's very weird. <laughs> so I think the reason why the NFL is king is because mm-hmm. it could come out of nowhere. And the NBA offering a level of it could come out of nowhere. But it could come out of nowhere because another team really became great. Not everyone else around you was so mediocre is, is what I'm looking for. I wish they could kind of meet in the middle. The number one problem that this league has is – player availability, load management, whatever you yeah. want to call it, star power, not going tonight. And to me, like I have literally come up with the correct and inarguable answer on how to fix this. 
and it's the easiest answer in the history of how do you fix that sports problem answers. So what you say you need is more time. You need more time in between the games to get the guys the rest to perform at their most optimal level where everyone is comfortable from the player to the trainer to the agent to the franchise. If you need more time, Go get some more fucking time. Start your league four weeks earlier. Have the end date three weeks later by another month and a half. Remove back to backs. What are we talking about? You know, well, then it would take too long. And who gets what do you think? Complain about time. And then when time is the solution, complain about that. You can't. So just add more dates to the schedule. Fixed done nobody gets screwed no player no fan no agent no franchise you need more time go get yourself more time yeah they play tuesday and saturday boom that's it you know something like that um what do you think about the idea of just cutting games i mean it's it's a non-starter because no owner is ever gonna agree to just less revenue so it feels pointless to discuss but i kind of feel like when you go to your nfl point yes there's more parity you can be a nine and eight team and get hot in the playoffs but there's only 17 games, so there's urgency. 82, I mean, the Warriors are the poster child of no urgency this season. I feel like um, I've written them off eight times this season, and then I look at the standings, I'm like, well, they're really only a game out. So there's no reason to. And part of me just sitting here going, yeah, they're playing about 25 too many games. We all know that. Yeah. It's, it's the dirty little secret that they don't even bother hiding anymore. And you're seeing teams conduct themselves as this one. Like I said, the first 50 games of the year don't matter. You can mm-hmm. feel it. You can see it when you're watching the game. Uh, that's an NBA problem that they need to fix. Like you can't have the highest paid, almost athletic workforce and just, just agree. Hey, like, so we're just, we're not mattering the regular season anymore. Like that's a, that's a problem that the NBA really needs to address and how they fix that, how they, again, aren't player stats important. I shouldn't have to incentivize a player to go get the best stats they could with the best performance that they have playing as hard as they can every night. So what, what do you do? I, I really, they're, they're never given more games back and I don't think they should because now you're screwing up historical context and comparing sure players and 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 it's already harder to do as it is with the three-point line and just how much the game is changing every single year anyway um and and just as a guy who's a huge sports fan the answer to me is never less sports right like i I thought we need less sports that'll fix the sports problem i might have to actually hang out with our families you want 200 baseball games would you be okay with 200 once they forget 162 just now you're also screwing up historical uh, context. Uh, I mean, you telling me that a 95 to yeah, 100 home run season Ooh. is now, you know, really Ooh. out there. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I when something is really good, don't fuck with it. Yeah. Like it's, to me, it just makes perfect sense. You know what the you know what the most perfect thing in the world is, is the NCAA tournament. Can we all agree yeah. on that? No, yeah. perfect. Don't touch it. But we need to grow. We need more. We need more. You don't need more. No, you don't need more. When you have perfect, stop asking for more. It drives me nuts. The now, first day of the tournament is like top three oh, days of the oh, year. And I think it's on, it's, ah, it's we're already two, Thursday, two weeks ago. Friday. I'm already missing it. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. The best part of the NCAA tournament is over. Yeah. Now we're going to have a very interesting final four and mm-hmm. who knows what kind of championship game gets spit out for Monday night. I'll know. I'll be there for curiosity sake, no matter how, I mean, look at it this way. Yeah. The two of you could be playing in the championship uh, game against each other in one-on-one. I'm tuning in if it's the title <laughs> game. I'm tuning in. That's, that's yeah. how I feel about 
championship moments. I don't watch hockey throughout the year. I watch as much of the Stanley Cup as I can. I don't care who's in it. That's the way I did. I, I don't need a Bay Area representative. I, don't, I grew up a Cubs fan. I don't need the Cubs in the World Series. I want to watch the World Series. I love the sport. I, lo I like it, the sports. Damon Bruce Plus, subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> you give me anything, I'm watching it. College basketball has its its own issues. But, I mean, you talk about all of this with the NBA, but you go down to the wire here. This may be one of the most fun months, last month of a, of a regular season that you've had in years, though. Like, that, that is what Adam Silver has done that has worked, is that the Warriors have to play every game like a Stewart. That Minnesota game that they choked away, and you had a great was, rant about disgusting. it on your show, Damon. <laughs> it, it was awesome. That was a playoff game loss. That was a, hey, we just lost game two at home with a chance to go up 2-0. Now the Warriors got lucky last night. The Wolves end up losing to the Suns, so now the Warriors are still a game up in that sixth seed. But I guess that's the cool thing about this regular season is that all these games feel like they're playoff games. So there's Andy, that. Andy, I was talking about this with Ratto on the air back when that was a thing. Uh, I was talking with Ratto about this over a month ago. So I'm going to say that this month goes for the, the really interesting NBA goes back now two months. This is the earliest we've ever had scoreboard watching in the NBA where another game in another city really affected what your playoff seating might look like. And we can start counting that and forget about early March, like after Valentine's Day shit. Yeah, pretty much all-star all-star break yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fantastic. So I love sports with with stakes on it and it feels yeah. like the nba and this is maybe where i can point and say like this is the genius in taking the first 50 games off everybody kind of arrives <laughs> and kind of just in the same sort of muddled position and then it's all right good teams go bad teams fade and we go and it's it, I think it's been fantastic. I mean, like, I, I, I've been a Kings junkie. I've been watching more Kings basketball. I love what they're doing. Um, I, as much as Kevin Durant is one of the more, you know, lightning rod players ever, I can't wait to see what the Suns look like with him. If he'd stop spraining his ankles and layup lines, that would be fantastic. Um, they, th this is a wide open thing. The Clippers, like you said earlier, the Clippers right now are definitely not going to be NBA champions or they will be NBA champions. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy. It's I'm so crazy. I'm so out on the Clippers, by the way, like how many years in a row of they carry themselves like they've won four titles with it's the amount of resting they do. And at a certain point, it's like, are you going to get out of the second round? Are you going to prove anything to anyone? Or are we just going to is it going to be the same thing where like national writers say this is their year in October and then we watch them sleep through the season and have zero reason to believe in them? Yes. <laughs> Or no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, true, and and that's you know what my every single uh, Warriors answer to all Warriors questions are absolutely or definitely not. Like it's anything could freaking happen, and if there were ever a weird enough NBA for the Clippers to just find their way finally through and pass the second round, I wouldn't be surprised if this were that stupid year where something that stupid happens. I, I the, Clipper, the Clippers would win the title and then load manage the trophy ceremony and not show up. Like that's the kind of team they are at this point. <laughs> well, don't print the t-shirt. That, that's yeah. a perfect t-shirt. Load managing the parade. <laughs> well, well, Andrew Wiggins comes back. Yes or no? Nobody knows. <laughs> just like the NBA. Look, the Warriors are just perfect. They're in lockstep with the rest but, of hey, the Hey, before league. before we get to the Wiggins thing, I pulled up, I pulled up. Oh, we're getting we're getting to it. 
Sorry, guys. Um, I pulled up the standings here right now, uh-huh. and it's Thursday, so this may have eight machinations before you listen to it. Um, the, right, the Clippers could cur- be the one seed by the time you look at this. Sure. Currently, the Warriors are comfortably in that sixth seed, matched up with the Kings, a game back of the Clippers, Ooh. a game up on Minnesota. Is this kind of the ideal spot for them to sit? I don't know. Where are you at with that? Well, I, I think that they got to avoid the play-in tournament. Just for their own legs, their own mindset going into this thing, they need to avoid that plan. So if they are the six, which gets you out of that, I think mission accomplished. If they get to the five, even better. Now, if you're talking about now you got a first-round matchup with the Kings, I know Draymond already went on record saying, like, just from a travel standpoint alone, he wants that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, tell you, Warriors and Kings would have the kind of emotion that might be enough to shake that series in the king's direction only because nobody nobody plays any defense and the kings shoot lights out man they really do now the warriors absolutely could blow past them and all the experience of steph clay and draymond rears itself like a dragon and it's it's warriors in five like that could also happen it could also be kings in five that could also freaking happen it really could it's fascinating. It's I, I, who who do you who do you think actually fears the Warriors? And then if you can determine whoever that team is, now ask yourself: Do they really want to play the Warriors? I feel like it's the Kings. <laughs> I got to be honest. I I think Mike Brown's sitting there and going, "Yeah, I just led my team to the first playoff series in twenty years, and I'm going to be the coach of the year, and you're telling me I'm going to lose in the first round? Fuck." Like that's what I think I, that's the young think. team. I think the young team who hasn't been there absolutely does not want to face the four-time champions, even if they are not the same team they were last year. We just saw against uh, the Pelicans, uh, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. It, you're going to have to beat them well, when it counts. Draymond yeah, got, yeah. Got heads. Draymond <laughs> yeah. Rattled, rattled them. Bad. I mean, he's going to have Demonis Sabonis. It just you already know be by game two of that potential series, it's going to look exactly like what he did to Jalen Brown or what he did to Brandon Ingram the other night. He's going to definitely play those type of mind games that make everyone who's not a Warriors fan go like, man, I fucking hate this guy. Um, so I kind of feel like that's that's probably the Warriors' best route. This the Suns, I just don't know what to think about to be honest with you because on paper. They have a scary roster, but it is just on paper. Kevin Durant came back Wednesday night. He will have ended up playing probably six games with the Suns before the playoffs, you know, and as we saw with the Brooklyn Nets, just because you have great names on paper doesn't mean you can pull it off at the same time. I don't think, the by guy, the way, I don't the think guy the Suns who, have had enough reps, just straight up. Yeah. They just have not had enough reps with their, this, like basketball has a few truths to it. Mm-hmm. And playing together for a little while is something that you, that's a box you want to tick off before you go do it in the postseason. So I think that the Suns are absolutely a red alert lookout for them basketball team, but not until next year. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. GameTime.co. GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. 
Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use Light Years for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Light Years for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Give them an offseason to find the right role players, get their chemistry together. But at the same time, the player who would likely be guarding Kevin Durant, no one knows if he's coming back or when he's coming back. And that is the wild card scenario where I'm just like, I would rather not face a team with an all-world, all-time small forward without the Warriors' current small forward in lineup. If Andrew Wiggins doesn't come back, the Warriors ain't doing shit. But okay, well, correct, correct. The way it goes this postseason. I mean, because for the Warriors winning a first round game, yes, yes, yes. Or a first round series, and then saying we mission accomplished. No, that's not you know. There's no, this is we're not we're not celebrating the second round. It's not 2007. No, exactly. Um, so uh, I, I, Andrew Wiggins needs to walk through that door, and if he doesn't, I think the Warriors are in a second round exit. I really do. But to your point, I I think you we all agree, we all agree with you. Um, they're not getting past the second round without him. Uh, even if he comes back, there's probably going to be rust to be knocked off. So you want the easiest path possible, right? Like you, you don't want to go into, okay, we're matched up against the team with the best small forward in the league type of situation. You'd rather have the team that's led by a point guard, someone that maybe a Gary Payton would guard and let Wiggins get his legs under him before those tough matchups type of situation. So I think, that's almost as important as as anything because I could easily see a scenario where he comes back, looks like he's in preseason shape, and uh, you know Kevin Durant gets forty a game. Right, but I could also see him fouling out Kaminga by the third quarter. True, you know if it's his job <laughs> to check him. So you know I I will take a rusty Wiggins against Durant more even than a completely lubed up and ready to go. My knees haven't even started thinking about hurting yet. Jonathan Kaminga. So, yeah, and I love Kaminga. Nice. I really do. Yeah. I and mean, well, you know, look at it this way. We all know what Steve's going to do. It's going to yeah. be lamb. It's going to be lamb all over Durant. We all know that. My guy. So <laughs> that's my guy. Actually, here's the thing. It, uh, it, I did just take a shot there. I actually like him more than most. I really do. I don't yeah. think Anthony lamb is the warrior's biggest problem. I really don't when he's deployed, how he's used. No, the problem like, is he's the sixth man. It's not that he's a bad player. He's found money for a two-way contract. He's been a very productive player for them, and I will go to bat for him. The problem is he shouldn't be playing 25 minutes a game, and for large parts of the season, that has been the correct coaching move. Right, which is a roster construction issue. Sure. Which, And if we wanted to start nitpicking what Bob Myers has and hasn't done, it's fair game. He's a big boy. He can take it. But – you cannot take the moment he made whatever decisions. We all know what the soup tastes like because we've seen it and we've eaten it now. Sure. But in the moment they were picking the ingredients, I think every decision, the ones that have not worked out included, was at least defensible in the moment. And there was an argument to be made for it in the moment. So, yeah, but how I, much I, of that was because we were all drunk on the champagne in the summertime being like, yeah, that'll work. Patrick Baldwin, throw him out there. 
You know, because I was I was all in on every move. Now I don't know if it was because of that or not. I mean, last year they aced every single, they aced everything. Um, and I think a lot of people were a little bit skeptical just coming in. They were just like, oh, Otto Porter, you know, Bielitsa, Damian Lee still on the team, JT. But that ended up being the perfect mix. They totally changed that this season. Turns out they're like, well, if it's broke, don't fix it. But they said, you know what? If it's broke. If it's not broke, let's try to fix it and just throw all this bullshit together and it ended up not working. So I don't know. They there were pivotal points, right? Wiseman in the beginning of the season, huge minutes, didn't work out, gone. Um, and then trading for GP2. And then the vet moves where you bring in Jermichael Green, who's now not playing. I mean, he's not he's not even Bielitsa. And you know, Bielitsa was really was was pretty good. Bielitsa had a big, big hand in that Maverick series, right? So yeah. um, I mean he guarded Luca, and so you know, Warriors, damn, they miss him. Yeah, it's look, it's tough to piece together a, a lineup around these guys, not just stylistically, but economically with what the Warriors are sure. looking at and the cap space and the luxury tax and all of it going in. That which is why again, going back to the moment in time at each decision, I got it. Unfortunately, though, it has not worked out the way that they hoped. And beyond the decisions of the role players, because I do like DiVincenzo, I really do. Um the problem with the Warriors has been Draymond Green hasn't spent nearly enough of this season being a fire-breathing dragon that it's gotten this team to play defense. We saw what happens when he breathes fire. It changes the team. And sure, Bob had to come down from his fifth-row seat saying, hey, don't hit anyone on the coaching staff here, please. But <laughs> um, that's the Draymond you need. You need war daddy, kill everyone Draymond to be the best Warriors you can be. And Jordan Poole is among the most good trip bad trip up down the floor players i've ever seen what you know jordan Poole will hit three huge buckets in a row and then play no defense on the other end and dribble off his ankle once and make another bonehead wasn't looking at it defensive choice and give back what he just earned on the other side i thought he would be a little bit better a lot more consistent than he's proven to be i still also really like Jordan Poole. He's so young. He's so raw. He's the only guy on this team who's got a serious wiggle to his game. The only yes. fucking Golden State Warrior who could go win, like, on the playground today would be Jordan Poole. Like, I'm seriously. Like, Steph, he's got a handle, but he's a better dribbler than he is a handle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, Draymond is a, a no, very not his good, game. <laughs> he's a very good straight line making choices dribbler, but he's got no wiggle to him. Wiggins doesn't have much. Poole's got moves on moves on moves on moves. He needs to slow some of those. He needs to move, remove three of those moves from all of those moves, and he'll be a better player. I've asked this to Steve. How do you get someone whose entire game is predicated on court speed to slow down? Like they just have not figured that out with Jordan Poole. He'd be so much better in fourth gear instead of in fifth gear. Seems like he's figuring out in the past week. You're right. I was one of the most frustrated guys with Jordan Poole this season because, I, I mean, he I'm was uh, like... <laughs> more times than not, he's a net negative on the court, right? And so, um, you're right. I mean, he's got a little more Kyrie to him um, than, than, than kind of like the Steph where you watch him try to play off bar, shoot the hot heat check threes, and you're like, yeah, you know, just – Maybe maybe the mid range and the going to the hoop is better, but you know at the end of the day, I think I think the overarching thing is right. I mean, he's twenty two. A lot of friends tell me because they 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 get annoyed at me because they're like, dude, why do you hate him so much? And I'm like, twenty three. Well, dude, he's fucking awful out there. And they're like, well, he's twenty two or twenty three, and he helped him win a championship last season. I'm like, well, are you watching the game? You want you seeing what's happening? So I mean, a lot of the a lot of the stuff to me is it goes back to the anti lamb stuff too. Is 
Jordan Poole needs a GP2 around him. He needs veteran defenders around him. You can't ask him to go out there, defend, and then also lead a group of young guys on offense. He's not that guy right now. And if even you wanna... the best players in the world weren't like, is he LeBron? Is he KD? Is he even Steph at that age that he could do that? No. So I think they they were unfair to him early in the season to say, can you lead James Wiseman? Can you lead a James Wiseman, Kaminga, and Jermichael Green uh, uh, a trio? It's just not right. fair to him. And that's and then he got knocked out. So he was mi- you know? he was miscast in the role they wanted him to excel yep. in. There's no doubt about that. He was yep. miscast to be the leader of that second unit. And again, I, I love Jordan Poole. I don't know if you can have him in a closing unit, though. He's so mistake-prone in crunch time. And now that Gary Payton is back, I think that that's a choice you're going to see Steve making. I think he's going to be closing out games. They might be asking less of Jordan Poole now that these games start mattering in crunch time. If it's a defensive possession, you almost have to get him off the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's – I think it's – I think we're back to where we were last last playoffs – if it's the right matchup and he's feeling it, you ride him. If it's not, it might be a 15-ish minute game for him. You know, um, was it against Dallas or no? Sorry, against Memphis. Game one, he had 38 and seven, and I was just rewatching clips. I was like, damn, I missed that player. That guy was explosive. You know, they had Steph, Jaw, all those guys on the court, and he was the best player for most of that game. But then you got into the finals against Boston, and it was just clear by game three. This is a grinded out series. We need to kind of just put as much defense around Steph and trust that he's going to, you know, take the team home type of game. And yeah. Jordan's minutes got cut. And that's kind of, you could already see Steve's probably moving that way with his rotations because, you know, they brought back GP2 and it's clear what they want to do. But you know, can, Steph, I ask a, can I ask yeah. a quick question? Go for it. So what do you attribute to Jordan Poole's lack of development or getting it and is is it a coaching problem? Is it a trust of his teammates problem? Is it is is it his teammates trusting in him? Is that the problem? Or does it go all the way back to the punch and that's still lingering in some way, shape, or form? I'll, I'll go Sam's first. Sam's gonna say all of it. Sam's gonna say all of it. I'm gonna <laughs> well, I think we have different takes, so I'll just go first. Um, I do think the punch is objectively part of it, but more than anything, having watched Jordan Poole for four years now. I am pretty firmly in the he's not a point guard camp. When he's had success, he's played that combo two guard next to Steph Curry, next to Draymond Green, um, and they're asking him to score, use his handle to score, and maybe make a play for someone else. This year, they tried to make him a point guard. He's just not wired that way. You can see it's either overpassing or not passing. You know, he, he doesn't have the flow. Um, I don't think you need to be a pass first point guard to be a point guard, but so much of being a point guard is kind of intrinsic feel to what the team needs. And he's a very gifted player, but he's a gifted scorer, not a point guard. Yeah. I, if you're asking or paying Jordan Poole to be a 32 plus minute player and a closer on this iteration of the Warriors, I just think end of the day, it's not going to fit. If you're telling me that can he be a sixth man, kind of Jordan Clarkson, better version of Tyler Hero type that plays 20-plus minutes, and maybe he closes on nice that he scores 35 like he did against the Sixers, I think that's perfect. But Jordan Poole's mentality is not to be that guy. And he's right. And he's right because he's been successful in his career being super confident, right, playing the way that he does. And 
I think that is going to reach a breaking point at some point for the Warriors where they're going to have to choose, whether it be Bob Myers or Kirk Lakeup, the next GM. Somebody's going to have to say, all right, are we just going to, which is the problem that you saw last season when he didn't start and he got all pissy, where Steph had to come off the bench just to prove a point, just to say, hey, kid, like, it's fine to come off the bench. And so I, I think the Warriors are going to have to choose at some point to say, like, not, not Steph and Poole, but Clay Thompson's contract yeah. is coming up, right? And I think that's the point. And, and I think then you ask yourself a question, can you win with Steph and, and Jordan Poole? Because now we're just talking about Steph and Monte again. Because he doesn't play no defense. I don't think he's ever going to play any defense. So, I, again, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's a hitter. I don't think Clay's going anywhere. He's a made guy. Did, did I Joe would Lake, like that to happen. I would like I that think, to happen. I think Joe Lake, you know, would sell square footage in his own house before he got rid of Clay Thompson <laughs> good to hear. by will. I, I really think so. Um, and and look, Clay's the exact same guy he was. Now, defensively, he's not the exact same guy he was. No. His, he, offensively, he's the exact same guy he's ever been again. It's mm-hmm. really something True. else. It's True. it's it's kind of amazing. I um, waffled in thinking he'd get back to it, and then he proceeded to have one of the greatest months I've ever seen him have. So yeah, you know, I kind of kick I kind of kick myself forever second guessing. Um, here's Clay, Clay Thompson is the only guy in the world who can actually turn into for a few moments the best shooter in the world, and that includes his teammate Steph Curry. There's no one else who can. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time, but on particular nights, Clay Thompson can turn into the best shooter in the world, and he can't go anywhere. There's no way he can go anywhere. Um, Jordan Poole, I agree with you. He needs to be a combo two. He is not a point guard. And if he is asked to be a point guard, asking him to be anything other than a driving kick point guard is asking too much. That gets him in trouble. And that's why they moved Draymond to the second unit because they're just like, this isn't working. Draymond play point forward and let um, Poole be a combo guard. And then that started working. But then you run into the issue of, in theory, Draymond shouldn't play 48 minutes a game. So, you know, back to roster construction. We've talked about this a ton. I do want to get back to Wiggins real quick. Um, As of midday Thursday when we're recording this, we have – no update on his return. We did get Steve Kerr saying he's working out, but it's largely the same thing. We would love to have him back, but no pressure, no timeline. I guess my question for you, Damon, because you've been in media for an extended period of time. Do you think this is being covered fairly? It's a pretty complicated topic. I don't believe the public necessarily has a right to know his private business, but at the same time, one of your star players missing 20 plus games, disappearing, no timeline. Um, while the team is in the middle of a title defense, that is the key part. If they were 20 and 60 and in the Wembenyama sweepstakes, fans would be like, take all the time in the world. Right. You know, <laughs> like, you know, don't even bother coming back this year, you know, that sort of thing. How do you? I guess, what is your perception of the way this has been handled both by the media and the Warriors? Okay, so from a Warriors standpoint, that is a ship that don't leak, and Mm -hmm. that is good for the franchise. That is good for the players trusting the franchise. It means Ray Ritter's done a really good job, and they have done an excellent job keeping whatever this in-house thing is in-house. Now, I've also heard you know, rumors and leaks. And I don't know if you guys are are hearing the same rumors and leaks that I've heard that would explain a little bit of why this is such a touchy subject. I mean, I think we all 
now kind of at least know through the grapevine that this isn't like he is by a family member's deathbed, which, which again, from a media standpoint, if this were New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Chicago, we right. would know what happened. Okay, we would know what happened. We would know what happened. To the post That's what I else. said. <laughs> if we were anywhere else, yes. it would have been found out, and the person who found out wouldn't tiptoe around it, and they would go for it, and it would sever their relationship with the team forever, but hell be damned, they would do it. Um, this situation is in a weird and ugly situation, and I also think it is now we've reached a point where this is not a personal you can't use the the guise of personal absence to define or explain a 20 game absence something other than personal is going on here it might be very personal to him but it is now professionally affecting the team so dramatically that a decision one way or the other is what this team needs cuz you got to know i mean wh- what are you planning for who are you going to the playoffs with and they need to know uh, the the media out here has done a very good job being respectful of the situation while maybe compromising their own journalistic integrity along the way to do that. But the relationship with the franchise, I think from all media members, is that of a level of respect. And like it. I don't know. Like the the Warriors have earned the right to just be like, we know what we're doing, and this is bad. Trust us. We 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 get it in this regard. I I, I get it. But we are now at a point where, I mean, it, this is not a what whatever it is personal for Wiggins. It is beyond personal in terms of just explaining. Personal absence means somebody in my family is either sick or passed away, and I have to step aside like anyone ever would. And look, Andrew Wiggins is also. It made enough money in his career to be like, you know what, guys, I just I, I got to this is more important to me than my career. So fuck off. And that's that. And if that's that, that's that. But it it is weird. And just another building block of this being one of the strangest seasons yes. in the world. And it's interesting. There's never a dull moment with the Golden State Warriors. Do you and, and I think we can, you know, tell me if I'm going in the wrong direction on this, but the Warriors, when they excused him thought he would be back after the all-star break with the oh, there's, personal, there's they did not think this would go into a six-week thing this was absolutely a go go handle your business we'll see you in one to two weeks and now we're here and now it's just the uncomfortable like all right playoffs start in two weeks if he comes back they might run the table um and if he doesn't they won't and we're gonna have to discuss this team in that context this might be the single biggest thing that determines whether they get to five rings or they don't so why didn't a key cog in your team play in the postseason if he were healthy mm-hmm. is a legitimate question. And those who are asking it, whether they deserve the real answer or not, shouldn't be cast as ogres for asking a question. Sports cover sports. Sports journalists cover sports. And asking that question is not an underhanded, dirty, attention-seeking, clickbaity thing. It's looking for an answer to a a question that we have no answer for. Uh, you know, there is to push back a little bit because I actually agree with everything you say, but just to play the other side because it's a podcast. Um, Steph, you know, Steph seems okay with it. Steve Kerr seems okay with it. We haven't heard anything about these guys that have been super angry um, or annoyed because maybe that would have leaked. Um, but at the same time, I think your your point, I think is the best one is, dude, can you imagine if if we were in Philly or New York or Boston 
or any of these yeah. other kind of places. Like, New well, I don't know. I don't know if we know, but it just be it'd be crazy. Just it'd be a lot. It'd be vicious. the temperature would be turned up. It'd be vicious, right? And, and everybody's like, lot. beer your fans will get this. Like, dude, fuck off. We're, beer fans are chill. Like, we're all relaxed. It's like, okay, Wiggins, go do whatever. But New York, Andy Lou would be insane. You know what I mean? New York, New York, Damon Bruce. I know you're a Chicago guy, but you know, it'd be well, insane. It, it what it kind of makes me think back to is the whole, and I don't want to bring it up again because this feels like a million years ago now, but the whole Draymond Green leaked punch video. Yeah. I don't now think that that came from inside the organization. That was someone on the outside who got into a room or a situation that they shouldn't have been in and was the person to leak that because the Warriors, oh, I think, clearly run one of the tightest ships in sports now. I mean, they have proven that. Uh, they've proven I've, that with this issue alone. I actually think because of that issue, this has become a Fort Knox situation. Like that issue, however it leaked, the Warriors, uh, the, the punch has led this to be a no leak ship. And I'm not convinced that, you know, a lot There's of people a sure. yeah, don't know, so. you know, like I, do I think Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Bob Myers? No. Yes. Do I think Anthony Lamb knows what's going on? I'm not so convinced Anthony Lamb <laughs> well, knows. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not just talking about his help side defense, you know? So um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it does. I mean, we're going to get some answers. I guess let's get out of here on this. Give me your prediction for the remainder of the Warriors season. Five games left going into the playoffs. Give me a prediction. So what do they got? Three on the road still. So one and four to close out the year. <laughs> and uh, no, look, uh, all jokes aside, the Nuggets might punt on Sunday. Think yeah. about this alone. If you're the Nuggets, wouldn't you like to rest all your stars in one game anyways? And if you are really getting, you know, looking at the postseason, you want the Warriors to avoid the play-in tournament. You do not want the Warriors creeping into the actual playoffs as an eight seed if you are the one seed Nuggets. You want them on that six line or better just to avoid them for sure yourself in the first round. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Nuggets punt and, you know, what are the Kings going to do that? That game is going to feel that's going to be a fun game against the Kings and uh, two and two, two, what they got five games. You said so two, yeah, and, three, two and three, and two, and three, three and two. I'm looking at it this way. They definitely won't go four and one because playing three games over 500 just does not happen for more than that's facts. Do they, will do they, they avoid the plan? Will they? Not? I don't know. I mean, I, I hate to dodge the <laughs> answer. I have no idea. If you Confidence told me that the level Warriors, at an all-time high, is what if I'm you getting. told me that the Warriors won out, I'd believe you. If you told me that they dropped every game, including San Antonio, somehow, some way, I think oh, there's yeah. an argument could be made for that too. Um, if you told me that this the season ended with every Warrior fan saying, "Man, they went out on their shield. They are still cloaked in glory, even though they are not champions," I would believe you. If you told me they got bounced early and embarrassed, I believe you. If you told me they somehow, some way as impossible as it seems cobbled together an appearance in the NBA finals again, I would believe you. Then who is that? Who are they playing now? Here's the thing. If this team could reach the NBA finals, I think it would be no matter what happened in the finals, a success story. Yep. They do not have to be NBA champions for this year to be successful. If they reach the NBA finals, it would be amazing. But then, of course, you'd have the guys in it, and now it's time to go win because that's all they do. So, again, bet against them at your own peril. Bet on them at your own peril. It's probably just sit back and best to watch and enjoy because trying to predict what this team is, is it's been an impossible task all year. 
Damon Bruce, I appreciate you, sir. I appreciate you guys so much. You guys are good for basketball. You're good for sports. You are fans who love it and have taken over, and you you straddle this odd media-ish career, and I, <laughs> I've, I've always admired you guys. You're funny. You're smart. You know the game. You're good friends. It comes through in what you do, and thanks for having me along today. It's been an awful lot of fun. We're going to definitely get you on here again sometime in the playoffs. We're not going to go multiple years without oh, yeah. doing this again. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. um, and everyone, subscribe. Damon Bruce Plus. YouTube. The Plus. Damon Bruce Plus. Go get some. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.